Let's start to move back toward this way, if you will. Glad to see you all fellowshipping, talking with one another, loving one another, but it's time to get into the Word. And while you're coming back to your seat, let me spare you. Remain standing with your Bible in hand. And uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I figure y'all didn't want to do a whole bunch of exercising today, so I thought I'd just keep you up. Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll begin reading in verses 1 through 10. Uh, When you arrive there, you can say amen. Ephesians chapter 2. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, everybody say nature, Nature. children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We bless you. Father, I count it a privilege, Lord, to stand before your people. Father God, I do not have the capacity in myself, Lord, to articulate truth, Lord, in a way that it would bring results. Only you can do that. Father, I pray that you would take my mind, take my heart, use me for your glory. I'm here, Lord, as a tool. Father, will you make our hearts pliable this morning? You have something that you want to say to all of us this morning. And Lord, we need your help. Holy Spirit, will you please come and help us? Help us to stay faithful to the truth, to stay faithful to your word, to stay faithful to what you called us to do as a people. Lord, I love you so much. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do today. All God's people said amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Last week, we had began a series called Grace. We got off with a bang. We talked about the law of God and how that the law of God was fulfilled through Christ Jesus. We talked about how perfect his law was and that God's standard of righteousness was perfect. And that the only way that righteousness could be obtained 
is that there had to be a sacrifice. And we talked about that last week. And for those who paid attention, who was that sacrifice? Oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. Who, who, who sacrificed and paid for your sins? Thank you very much. I was a little bit concerned. So today we're going to be talking about the issue of saved by grace. Saved by grace. There's a saying that I'm sure probably 95 of us have heard over and over again. And for people who don't really, really, really read the Bible on a regular basis, some people even think this is a scripture. And that saying is, God help those who help themselves. How many of you have ever heard that? Yeah, God help those who help themselves. Well, not only is that not scriptural, but it's not really true. Because God helped people all the time that are undeserving. God helped people all the time that are needy. God helped people all the time whether they deserve it or they don't. Why? Because he's good. Amen. Part of the pride of man, and it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You all know the big lie that Satan told Eve. He said to her, that, you know, if you go ahead and you eat this fruit, and I'm paraphrasing, that, you know, you, you will really be like God. See, 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 God is in essence, he's keeping something from you. So, so and God knows, and so he, he don't want you to experience all of this. And, and, and so, so if you just go ahead and, and do it, your eyes will be open. How many know, boy, have our eyes been opened? It's still the fundamental struggle that we have today, the pride of man, the pride of life. Man thinking that he, independent of God, can accomplish things. That the only way that, that I can make it in this, I, I can, in, in fact, most people who don't know the Lord, I think everybody here who knows the Lord, you know differently now because you have been born again into his kingdom. But, but, but most people think in their minds that, 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 that they, have to be, they have to earn their way into heaven. It's like the guy, it's like the folks that say sometimes, well, you know, and if, you, if, you, if you're actively sharing your faith, you'll hear this every now and then. Well, you know, here's how I'm going to get in heaven. God is somehow, he's going to weigh my good, he's going to weigh my bad. And hopefully my good outweighs my bad, then I'll get into heaven. How many of you have ever heard that? Look at the neighbor and say, no can do ain't going to happen. As we discussed last week, only God can save us. Amen. Only God can save us. We can't save ourselves. We can't do enough. We can't, we're not smart enough. We're not educated enough. And yet it is the greatest battle that we face every day trying to share our faith with people who think in themselves that I don't really need God. That I somehow can make it on my own. And so I'll work my way in. And so when somebody say, brother, all you need to do is believe in Jesus. We look at them. We say, no, we got to do more than that. Because something in man said, no, I, I, gotta, I got to earn this. I have to work at this. This is, this is, this is me. 
I'm smart. I'm educated. I get up every day and go to work. This is my brain. I'm the one that go and study. I'm the one that, that, that drive myself to work. I am me. I don't really need God. But if I do, God, stay in the corner. When I need you, I'll call you. I mean, no, that is the pride of man. And that's what we're talking about as we go into this this morning. So, watch this. Jesus said it this way. He says in John 6, 28, uh, John 6, verses 28 through 29, they said, Jesus, what must we do to, to work the works of God? What must, we, what must we do? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said you had to keep all the commandments. You had to be perfect. You had to do everything right. He said, believe on him who God has sent. How many of you know that the gospel is really a simple message? The gospel really is simple. Sometimes we as Christians make it a little bit more complicated. And we're going to talk about that this morning, that this morning as we move forward. But I want to address this issue because it's a question that I hear all the time. And I don't quite think that I can teach on grace and not cover this issue. Um, that question often is brought to me is, can you lose your salvation? Can somebody who genuinely confessed Christ as Savior lose their salvation? Now I got brothers and sisters in the Lord that I've known for many years. In fact, I got a, a dear friend of mine who's, I would say, we're pretty close. I know that brother loved Jesus with all of his heart. And he's one of those that believe that you can lose your salvation. Well, for the record, in this church, and I'll tell you where we stand on that issue. Can we do that this morning? I don't believe that you can lose what you never earned in the first place. Now, what do I mean by that? If you go back and you study everything that we talked about with regard to the word of God, you study the scripture, everything, the Old Testament law, the sacrifices, everything that we talked about last week was to show us that in and of ourselves, we're not good enough. But how do we know that sometimes as a, you see, here's, here's what Christians get it wrong. Here's what we do. We believe Okay, we, we say, okay, I know I have to get, you know, I have to believe in Jesus to be saved. I got that. And so everybody embraced that. But then we turn right back around and we say on the other end of it, but in order to keep your salvation, you got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Well, now what we've done is everything that he has been talking about up to this point about how that we can't save ourselves and the sacrifice of Christ, everything we've been talking about at this point, we're nullifying it again because we're saying in order to keep your salvation, you got to work hard. You got you to do A, B, and usually what we do is people who are legalists, I call them legalists, they, they, they give people a long list of things that they shouldn't do. And usually it's the things that they struggle with. But if you understand the totality of scripture, now let me, let me say this. There are some scripture verses in Hebrews, I believe chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Uh, there are some verses there that will lead one to think that you can lose your salvation. But how many know that, how many of you have ever heard of a term called hermeneutics? I got one person. 
That's called the art and science of biblical interpretation. It's how we interpret the Bible. So the way we interpret the Bible is that which is unclear, we interpret that by that which is clear. And no doubt that when you study the word of God, what you will discover is that the Bible teach that you cannot lose your salvation because to lose your salvation means that everything that Jesus did was not good enough. If you remember, the whole point of salvation is it's not about you. It never was about you. Now we get into the issue of, Pastor, what if a brother gets saved and he goes back and does A, B, and C and, and you know, he just acting crazy? Well, you know, a lot of times I find that people like that probably really didn't get saved in the first place. Because when you really get saved, let me tell you something, when you get saved, when you get saved, you don't want to live a life of sin. You don't want to disobey God. You don't want to go back to a life that has been put. How many of you, how many of you came to Jesus because you needed help? You didn't get saved so you can go back and just do that. I mean, just live that sinful life all over again. I want it out. Thank God he delivered me and you. So then why, did, why would we, I believe that, and I'll tell you that, I believe that is, is, is heresy. And I believe it is an insult to the spirit of grace. It's an insult to God to say to Jesus, you can't keep me. You can get me in, Jesus, but you can't sustain me. It's an insult to everything that he did. The Bible is, is, is clear on this issue. Overwhelmingly, the Bible says that he is able to keep us from falling. You can't keep yourself before you got saved and after you got saved. You're not that good. And for folks who want to run out and quickly and tell everybody, and there are some Christians who quickly want to run out and tell people, you're going to lose your salvation if, and that's why, that's heresy, and that's why you have people walking back and forth. Every time somebody blow it, right? Every time somebody sin, oh, I lost my salvation. John said that we wrote these things that you might know that you have eternal life. And so people who are taught in error, they run back and forth week after week. week. Every time they sin, well, I lost my salvation. But what did Jesus die for? If your life has been cleaned up today, it's been cleaned up because of the power of grace. Amen. Amen. See, if you're in school and you pass the test and you get all A's, just say grace. If you're in school and you get all F's, just say grace. No matter what, you just say grace. Now, people who have a problem with that, the folks that usually have a problem with that is folks that want to put a noose on people. Because, see, we got pictures of what we think Christians ought to be like, right? And, and it's true. Now, we're not promoting. Now, here, here's, here's the problem with, that, that, that we have. Folks who, who, who are afraid that people are going to abuse grace. I don't want them to abuse grace, Pastor. So if you tell them that, now they might think it's okay to sin. Okay, it's not okay to sin. Is it okay? I told you. It's not okay. It's wrong. Why would you want to drag up that which has oppressed you and brought you unhappiness? Watch. Shall we go to the word of God? I'm going to give you a couple of verses, then we're going to jump right into this. Now watch. Now we're going we're to bring you some scripture, and so I want you to read it. I want you to digest it. 
in John 10, 28 through 29. Write it down. This is Jesus talking. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. How can Jesus make that statement? Does he make that statement based on their ability? He said they will never perish. Mine. He, he knows those that are his. Aren't you glad he know you this morning? Amen. He said they will never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Philippians 1.6. Y'all know this verse? Being confident of this very thing. See, you ought to jump up and down, scream and shout, say hallelujah. This is a verse, boy, that get you. I'm telling you what, boy, this verse will set you free. So being confident of this very thing, he who has began a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Who? He who has began a good work in you will complete it. Hebrews says what? That he is the author and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. Well, pastor, that means, well, if, if that be that, well, then, 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 then what did I do? Nothing. You just received. <laughs> Look at the neighbor and say, that's what good news is. That's why they call it good news. Because good news says, you know what? Brother, you, you can receive life. And some folk that got a problem with this who've been taught in legalistic environment, wait a minute, I got to do something. I got to do A, B, and C, D. I, I really, no, all you got to do is like Jesus says, believe on him whom God has sent. Is that it? Yes. Now, what we're afraid of is that's not enough to change people. But how many know that God can change people because he changed you? Just a few years ago, some of you wouldn't even dare darken the door of a church. When you used to sin against God, watch this. You were happy about it. When you were dancing and getting drunk, sleeping around, you get your praise on you. Well, not praise on, whatever that was, it won't praise. But you know, we, we did that. We were good. You know? But now all of a sudden, when you do one little thing wrong, you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. You know why? Because that's the spirit of God inside of you. He changed you. He's talking to you. He's speaking in your ear. This is the way. Walk ye in it. And, and when you walk outside of God's will, now, 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 now here's the thing. Should we obey God? Yes. We want to obey God because there's blessing. The Bible says, whatever man sows, that shall he reap. That means you too, Christian. If we disobey God, there are consequences. The Bible says in Hebrews, and some of y'all don't realize this, God says he chasing those that he loved. Y'all know what chasing is? It's called spanking. God chasing those that he loved. God, I'm thinking, God, do what you got to do. Spank me. Please. David said, Lord, it was good that you afflicted me, that I might learn your ways. It was good. So we want to obey God. We want to teach people, say, look, brother, you want to walk with God because if you walk with God, here are the benefits of walking with God. Amen. If you go the other way, brother, okay, that's fine, but I just want you to know the wages of sin is what? Yeah. But the gift of God is what? Life. There you go. Watch yourself. Look at the name and say, watch yourself. Watch. Now turn to Romans chapter number four. Go there real quick. 
Romans chapter number four. I like this church because y'all like to read the Bible. Amen. I like churches that like to read the Bible. Because, <laughs> you know, that word, that Bible is rich, isn't it? I love his word. I mean, sometimes y'all don't know. Sometimes when I'm like uh, studying in my private time with God, and my, my, my family would tell you that, that, you know, it's like I'm crazy. Because I'll walk around the house talking, and then every now and then I'll be walking, I'll be oh, whoosh, whoosh, jumping, shouting. Because <laughs> sometimes I've been reading this word for 20-some years, and I, yeah, the longer I live, the more I realize I don't know. And God just keeps showing me stuff. It's like, wow, this is good. You can't, you can't, you can't exhaust the grace of God. Amen. Now watch what he says. What then shall we say? Now watch. This is uh, Romans chapter 4. Are you there? Say amen. amen. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God. Now, now, now let's stop there for a moment. Do y'all know who Abraham was? Abraham is considered the father of our faith. That's the guy in Genesis chapter 12. God just showed up and said, leave everything. Your family, your relative, what you're used to, your job, and go to a land that I'm going to tell you about later. Abraham saddled up and said, okay, God, I'm on my way. How do you know that's crazy faith? It's a reason why he's called the father of our faith. That's the same Abraham that God had promised him a child through which all the families of the earth will be blessed. And yet when that child comes forth, God tells that same man, I want you to take that child that I promised you, put him up on the altar, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Amen. Abraham said, boy, let's go. <laughs> I would venture out to say that if anybody could brag about what they did for God, it could be Abraham. Because Abraham was about crazy for God. I know it's okay to be crazy for God. So the Bible says, the Bible here talks about, so Abraham could boast, but, you know, he can't boast before God. Watch this. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. You mean, all the stuff that Abraham did, the works that he did, that wasn't what counted, but made him righteous. Abraham just believed God. Whatever God said, Abraham just said, I believe it. If that's what you want, I receive it. And have me know that's the same message that he has for you and me today. Amen. It ain't about your good works. Don't let nobody fool you. It ain't about what you can accomplish for God. It's not about your education. It's not about your degrees. It's about his grace. Abraham believed God, and God said, you're righteous. How many know when we believe in Jesus Christ, you are righteous? Now, some folks have a problem with that. I want you to point to yourself and say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Say it again. I'm righteous. Because you know yourself, right? <laughs> Come on. You know yourself, you said, no, I ain't not righteous in this. Because you're looking wrong. You got the wrong pair of goggles on. Gargles? Goggles? My daughter's laughing at me because I just butchered the English language again. 
but you're not seeing with the right glasses. How about that? Amen. God made him to be sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. I'm righteous and you're righteous, not because of what we did, but because of what he did. Amen. So God sees me. This is why you can't be walking around all condemned. I'm about, I'm about ready to jump out of my skin. This is why you can't be walking around feeling heavy and condemned because it ain't never been about you. He forgave you. He loved you. He accepted you because you believed in his sacrifice, Jesus. And God looks at you and he looks at you through Jesus and he says, Sister April, you are the righteousness in God. And some people look at it and say, well, that's kind of heretical. No, it's not. It's heretical not to say it. Because Jesus made you righteous. He justified you, watch this, while you were sinning and after you continued, continued to sin. I asked y'all last week, anybody here sin? Nobody was bold enough to say, no, not me. I'm glad. But I mean, no, that's good news. That's good news that I'm righteous. Abraham, you're righteous, Abraham. Even though, Abraham, you did some neat stuff. I mean, you offered your boy. You wanted to put him on the altar and kill him for me. That's good, Abraham, but it ain't good enough. You left everything that you were familiar with just to follow me. That's a good thing, Abraham, but that's not good enough. It all was pointing to Christ. Now you see why I say it's an insult. To say that he who saved you can't keep you. Because one of the first, see, here's, here's when you know somebody who's really spiritual. If you want to be good at, how many of you want to be good evangelists? People that share your faith in a good way. When you share your faith, if when you talk to people, you constantly talk about what I'm doing. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't cuss. I don't go to the club. I don't do this. I don't get mad. I don't do that. I don't do that. Then, then, then wrong the Bible says Abraham don't have nothing to boast about. Now, how many know if Abraham ain't had nothing to boast about? <laughs> you better not open your mouth. <laughs> if Abraham did not have anything that he could boast, shh. But somebody, hey, see, see, brother Evan, come here. See, I'm gonna use that example because you're on the front row. This is your day. See, brother Evan, I can, brother Evan, let me tell you something, brother. Brother, I want to tell you about somebody who changed my life. His name is Jesus. You know, I, I had a problem with cussing. I had a problem with drinking. But Jesus changed me. He, he washed me in his blood. He made me new. Let me tell you, you know, I know what you've been struggling with. You've been struggling with lust and anger and bitterness. But Jesus can heal you. He healed me. He can do the same for you. The only reason why I stopped is because his grace. He did it, not me. Amen. 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 But I can flip that and say, no, don't sit down here. Oh, I, brother L. <laughs> so, brother, you don't stop smoking. You don't stop drinking. You don't stop cussing. You don't stop doing this. You're going to burn and you're going to go to hell. <laughs> now, how many know that if, if you don't give your life to Christ, you, you know, you're going to, if you don't follow him, and you, yes, hell is real. Amen. But when I'm, when I, when, when I'm talking to him, I, I, when I'm preaching the gospel, I, don't, I keep me out of it. 
Some people preach the gospel, all they talk about is themselves and what they did. Don't ever talk about what you did, because whatever you did, or however you are, Jesus did it through you. I'm going to show you that in a second, too. He did it. If you're right today, if you're clean, if you ain't drinking, smoking, cussing, well, I'll think about anything you want to think about, just say, thank you, Jesus. You can have a seat. Thank you, Jesus. How do you know that's grace? Favor. So Abraham. Now look at, look at this. Now to him who works, look at verse 4. The wages are not counted as grace, but what? Debt. Uh-oh, debt. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to get somebody here who got a good, okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to get me another volunteer. Come on here, brother. You knew it coming. You saw it coming, right? Because you all by yourself. Your, your pretty wife ain't here, so I just caught you. You stood out because you don't look as pretty when she's not here. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, now look at this. Look at this now. Look, I got a question for you. You get paid. You're in the military. Am, am I right about it? All right. You get paid, brothers in the military. Um, you know, you get paid the 15th and 1st of every month. Okay. Um, so when you get paid, uh, what do you do with your paycheck? Just make sure I pay my bills. And okay, you make sure you pay your bills. Take care of your family. Okay. Well, um, do you ever go to your boss and say, boss, thank you so much for this paycheck. I pray. Thank you, boss. Uh, this is great. Do you, have you done that yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't you grateful that your boss, I mean, why not? Why haven't you done that? Because he's paying me because of what I did. Amen. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it's my, see, it's his. Because I worked for it. I went to work for this. And so how many know when you work, give a heart. I hope y'all work hard. Y'all work hard, right? Amen. All right. But <laughs> when you go to work, you don't go run to your boss, say, boss, thank you so much for my paycheck. Oh, you feed wild. I get to feed my family. Thank you, boss. Thank you, boss. You don't do that. You're like, give me my check. <laughs> you don't even look at me. In fact, you look at it and make sure they gave you every penny. You know why? Because you earned it. But you can't say that about God's grace. <gasps> you didn't earn nothing. He gave it all to you. So you can't go back and say, well, God, and see, here's the problem with the world. Well, God, why has this happened to me? God, I did this. And people think that somehow they can satisfy God by what they do. Wrong. You ought to be glad that you still have breath. Amen. Because <laughs> everything he gave you. He just is, well, why? And you know, one of the things, I hear people all the time talk about what they're going to do when they get to heaven. I'm going to walk around heaven all day long. First of all, you ain't going to walk around heaven all day long and dance. I don't know where that comes from. That ain't even biblical either. <laughs> Streets of gold. I'm just going to get on there. Just party in Jesus' name. I mean, please. <laughs> That's a whole nother sermon. I ain't getting into that. But you know, I think... And I humbly say this, that when I get before heaven, the first thing I'm going to say, I just want to see Jesus. I want to see him. Amen. I just want to see him in his glory. I just want to see him. And, and I, just want to, I just want to ask, why me? Why me? I mean, you could have you, you chose anybody. I mean, God, I mean, uh, there are a lot of people, Lord, that, that are eternally lost. Why me? 
I just want to know why you gave me such love and such grace. First John chapter three says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon you. Why has God decided to grace you? Because he just loved you. Why? Because you've been good? No, you already know you've been good. You know God just loved you because he just decided. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, Brother Jacob was walking with me yesterday, so he, got it. he heard some of this yesterday. So you, gotta, you just got to work with me on this. The Bible says that he predestined you to be sons and daughters. <laughs> he pre Wait a minute. The Bible says before the, that's Ephesians chapter 1. Go read it. You don't believe me? It says before the foundation of the world, God already had his eyes on you. Why? He just loved you. He just chose you. So you see why we say that if you're a believer, you ain't got no reason to be upset, sad, because, you know, got self-esteem issues. How many know that's a thing of the past? I don't have no self-esteem issue. People who, have, people who call themselves believers who have self-esteem issues, they don't know who they are in Christ. They haven't gotten a revelation yet of what God did. Because when you understand what God did, you pick your head up. You walk straight. Hallelujah. No, no matter what happened in my life, my head is up because Jesus, I'll walk in the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because God, I know you are with me. Amen. My head ain't hung down. I know who I am. I don't have no self-esteem issues because it's under the blood. Because I know who I am. Look at your neighbor and say, do you know who you are? <laughs> Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Go ahead. This, that's our, our, our main verse. Just so y'all know, I just went like all over order. I'm not even following my notes, but I don't care at this point because it's in my spirit. See, when y'all let y'all pass the study, see, it's in my spirit. And I just preach and make y'all happy. How many know if grace don't make you happy? Ain't nothing I can do for you. <laughs> If this don't get you excited, you need to check your pulse and see if you're really in the kingdom. <laughs> Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. And you. I love, see, this, this, is, this is a great passage. Some of y'all just need to circle this, underline this, pocket this, put it on your car. I'm telling you, do whatever. You, this, this scripture right here, boy, is potent. And you, he made alive. Now, if you have King James Version, I like the King James Version. King James Version say, and you, he quickened. You use the word quicken. I mean, you know, I grew up in the old Pentecostal church. They used, to, they used to say the old ladies used to get filled with the Holy Ghost. They used to get quickened. They used to be like, you know. You know, but that's, that's just, you know. I'm just, I just threw that out there. Okay, nobody's laughing. All right. And you, <laughs> he made alive, who were dead in trespass and sin. You were dead. How many know that you were dead? In which, watch this, now watch it, I like this. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. How many, how many you know, he said you used to, because you know, you've been redeemed now, right? Amen. So you don't, you don't walk like you used to walk no more. According to this prince of the power of the air. Who is that? Satan. Uh-huh. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. How many know he's working? 
but so is Jesus. <laughs> Among whom also, but now he's given us, he's given us a reality check because he's letting us know this is where you were. And how many know every now and then as a Christian, you ought to go back and remember where you came from. Because sometimes God will clean you up so good, you think you're just better than everybody else. Because God just miraculously, he just cleaned you up. I mean, he just make you feel so good. And you just feel better. And you know how we are sometimes? We don't even want to get around nasty people. They nasty. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> because, you know, you've been cleaned up. You've been washed. You've been sanctified. And how do you know when God cleans you, he cleans you. And you feel good inside, don't you? Now watch this. Among whom, verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves, once. Everybody say, I don't do that no more. In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. In other words, whatever our flesh want to do, back when we were in the world, we just did it. And were by nature children of wrath, just as others. How many know that before Christ, we were destined to be forever lost in eternity, forever. The wrath of God. The wrath, how many of the wrath of God is coming on this earth? Amen. And let me tell you something. Here's the wonderful thing. All the wrath of God that would have been coming to you, Jesus took it. Because you were being set up by Satan himself. The wrath of God was going to fall on you unless you got saved. Jesus took your pain. He took your sin. The Bible says, by his stripes, you're healed. Now watch. Look at verse number four. But God. Everybody say, but God. But God. Now, he just finished telling you how messed up we were, right? <laughs> then he say, but God. Say it again, but God. But God. Say it again. But God. Nice and loud. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. But God. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But God decided that I'm going to step in and fix it. I'm going to step in and lay claim of that which I have ordained before the foundations of the earth. You are mine. Watch. But God who is rich in mercy. How do you know it's good to have a God rich in mercy? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you. Uh, but, but I'm always borrowing some money from the Mercy Bank. Because <laughs> some people make it. All right. <laughs> Come on, you know, let's be real. I mean, some people make you go to the Mercy Bank all the time. I mean, you just, and you think, Lord, do you got any more left? Because I know I've been getting quite a bit. Because I get mine, I get yours too. Because <laughs> I need it. This ain't, I ain't, I'm not past the perfection. No, I'm not. I'm just like you. I'm in this thing. I'm just enjoying this life that he has given me. He's rich in mercy because of his great love. That's, that's it. That's it, people. His great love. There it is. With which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. Now, I want you to meditate on that. Watch. Even when we were dead. Even when we were dead. Even when we were dead. Not when we were getting it together. Now some folks say, let me get it together. Let me work. Let me get it together. If I get rid of this and I move out of this and get this and then I'll get right, then I'll give my life to Jesus. He quickened you 
when you were at the pinnacle of your sin and didn't want nothing to do with him, he just decided, then I'm going to love you in. Is anybody excited about grace? <laughs> he said, while you were, he said, while you were doing it, think about all the sins you did. Now, some of y'all, we got to do it quick because some of y'all had a lot of sins and we can't go long. So just think real quick. Just tap on it. But think, <laughs> think, think about all the sin that you did before you came to Christ. Christ, right then, he had you in his mind. He said, you're mine. You are mine. I chose you. I chose you. How many know that every one of the disciples that Jesus chose, they weren't worthy? Y'all ever did like a resume check on the disciple that the folk Jesus picked? <laughs> Them jokers were messed up. They had all kind of issues, but so do, so do us. I mean, look, look at Peter. Peter did the most, the thing that nobody would ever think. If I ask you right now, would you deny Jesus? And most of us would here say, no, I ain't going to deny Jesus. I ain't going to deny Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. And the Bible says Peter cried so hard. The scripture says he wept bitterly. That thing tore him up. How, do you, how, how could you? How could I deny Jesus? I, I got to be, it got to be over for me. There's no help for me. Then Jesus showed up in John 20. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. Redemption. Peter, I knew you were a failure before I got you. I already knew that. You just figured that out, didn't you, Peter? You just figured out what kind of person you realized, didn't you? But I already know, knew it before the foundation of the world. And watch this. I still decided to love on you. I don't know what else. Y'all ought to have been shouting at that point. Something. Quicken, Lord, quicken. And he raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Watch this, verse 7. That in the ages to come. I love this verse. Watch this. That in the ages to come. Now, now he's going to remind us what this is all about. He might show the exceeding riches of his what? It's funny he didn't say he would show the exceeding riches of your hard work. <laughs> you notice that? I mean, God, I mean, God, you did clean up a little bit, so Lord, let me get a little bit of credit. I, 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 none. That in the ages that come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In other words, y'all ever heard the phraseology used that we're trophies of his grace? God is going to prop us up for all eternity and say, look what I did. These are, these are recipients of my grace. And nobody can stand up there and say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. I was a little bit better. Shut up. I'm just saying, I'm being, I'm being spiritually, um, can I, uh, let me say it more sanctified. Shut up. <laughs> Stop comparing yourself with other people and think that that's your measuring rod. That ain't it. Stop trying to say to my sin, you know, because sometimes we got sinned. Sin, man, big sin. The big sin, the one God, you, that's the big one. That's the one that, that, that you lost it with God right there. Stop it. Stop it. You are a trophy of his grace. And he says, watch this. Verse 8. I love this. Here he goes again. It's almost like the Apostle Paul is saying to the Ephesian folks and to you and I, it's like they didn't get it. So he says now, he says again, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And that not of yourselves. It's a gift. It's a gift. Not of works lest anyone should boast. Now look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship. You know, if a potter, how many of you like doing, uh, what did you call that stuff? Talk to me. Pottery. Who, who like doing every You ever did that on the wheel? Yeah, I know. You, yeah, you like that. You see, like, but you know, when you're making the stuff, you make it any way you want to, don't you? And then if you don't like what you're constructing, you tear it back down, you build it, because you're the potter. The clay is the clay. Amen. How many know that God is the potter? You're the clay. Amen. He makes you. He forms you. Then areas that he said, nah, that ain't going to work. He just reshape you, fix you up. Nah, that's, that's not how that's ugly. He re- we are his workmanship. Okay, pastor, here's the problem I have with that, pastor. I mean, okay, now I, I got to get some credit. I mean, I did come to him. Really? <laughs> <laughs> The Bible also says he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. The faith you even got, God gave that to you. <laughs> then I know, well then, since I'm saved by his grace, I'm kept by his grace, then why don't I just go ahead and just maximize it up, just send it up, just have a good time because you know, the Bible says in Romans 5, 20, 21, where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Is that what the scripture says? Amen. Where sin abounds, grace super abound. So it's almost like sin and grace have a fight, and every time sin just gets knocked out. Every time sin thinks they got to up, grace just come right back, boom. Sin, I mean, grace just keep winning. Where sin abound, grace super abound. That ought to make some of y'all really that. So if you look at Romans chapter 6, I like the Apostle Paul, and this is, this is where we're going to finish it. Because I see, I can, I can tell when the chicken is smelling and it's almost done because I can see the look on your face. I'm ready to go eat. Pastor, hurry it up. See, y'all don't know. I just read your minds. All right. Paul asked a rhetorical question. Paul asked a rhetorical question. He says, but, and it's logical, right? Because now having just finished teaching on grace, how that we're free, right? I mean, God gave it to us. He saved us. He washed us. He, he did it all. So then why don't, why don't I just do what Paul says in Romans chapter 6? Here's the question. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? It's almost like Paul already anticipated that question was coming. Because that's the problem that us saved, sanctified folks, the real Christians, that's the problem we have with those fleshly Christians. Uh, there's no such thing of a fleshly Christian and a real, either you're a Christian or you ain't. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there. That was free. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul says, certainly not. King James Version said, God forbid. No! How shall we who died to sin live in it? Do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? In other words, do you not know that when you came to Jesus that you died? Everybody in here who gave their life to Christ, when you came to Jesus, you died. 
And yes, that's a baptism. That baptism symbolizes that you died to your old life. You've been raised to a new life. Just like Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, defeating death, hell, and the grave. How do we know we're supposed to be walking in newness of life? Not this, well, you know what, I'm going to go back and, and sin. Then, then what, what happened? What kind of salvation you got? Nobody who really knows the scripture thinks that way. Nobody who's really been saved thinks that way. But I want, because I have been saved, I want to please him. I want to love him. I want to worship him. Not because I'm trying to get in, but because I'm already in and he accepted me where I was. He loved me. So the best that I can do, Lord, is lay down my life, Romans 12, as a living sacrifice. As a token of my appreciation to him. God, I, Paul's put it this way. Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. In other words, I don't push it aside. I know what he did for me. I know how he said, I know what he did for me. I ain't going back to that. Come on, somebody. I ain't going back to addiction to porn. I'm not going back to lust. I'm not going back to bitterness. I'm not going back to anger. I don't want none of that in my life. I want to be free. I want to know what it feels like, brother, to walk in all kinds of situations free in Jesus. Not worried about, I don't want the old life. I tried that, done that, it don't work. Do I have a witness? Say amen. amen. Don't work. In closing, you got Jude chapter 124. You got that one? Put that up there. Now, y- y'all notice that we use this verse. We, we say this verse like every Sunday. You know why I use this verse every Sunday? I refer to this verse because it's a reminder of his grace. It's a reminder for all of us to never ever, as we grew up in the country, we used to call it, don't get the big head. None of us don't want to ever get the big head and think we are all that in chips and Doritos and everything else. But now to who? Who is able to keep you from what? Who's able to keep you from stumbling? <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I ain't, you notice you ain't got nothing to do with this. And to present you faultless. How many of you are without fault this morning? Let me be brave. Raise your hand. Well, yeah. I didn't think so. <laughs> but Jesus is able to present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory. With what? Joy. 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 Happiness. To him. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. It's not. Somebody finish reading that verse for me. The wise God. Glory, dominion, power, both now and forever unto him. Jesus. Now, how many of you love grace? Amen. You understand grace. Amen. And so therefore, when the Lord have need of you, just say, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm available. Lord, I'm going to go and share this wonderful good news with everybody I see. Don't let nobody put you in bondage. Don't let nobody bring you a list of do's and don'ts. Accept Jesus. How many know Christians? I mean, can I say this and I'm done? I'm really done. And somebody laughed like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm really done. 
Don't let nobody put you in bondage. Don't let nobody steal the freedom that he gave to you. We're going to talk next week about grace living. We're going to tackle the issues that we all deal with from time to time as far as how we live out our grace. But let me, let me explain to you. Be free. Enjoy your life in him. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we love you. We love you. If you're hearing this morning, this message, this message of grace don't mean anything to you yet unless you have received Christ, unless you come to him. We never want to close the service without giving everybody an opportunity to receive Christ. He died for you. He loves you. If you're here this morning and you know you have not given your life to Jesus, you don't know what this grace is. You've never experienced it. In fact, you may have come in this place and you thought that maybe you were right with God because you've been working pretty hard and, and you've got a good reputation. You work hard to build your reputation. And, and perhaps you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, my reputation is good enough. I've done it. And, and you just realize, so wait a minute, it's not about me, it's about him. If you realize that this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, he stands at the door. He said, here I am. I'm knocking. Let me in. Is there one who would say, Pastor, I've been trying to get into heaven on my own merits, but today I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving, is there one? Is there one? Is there one who would say, I'm giving my life to Jesus today, 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 today. I'm giving over to him. He is my sacrifice. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my righteousness. He is my salvation. He is everything. And you Christians, let's never ever forget about his grace. Never walk with a spirit of pride, but always walk in humility, thanking God every day of your life that he has lavished such grace on us. Maybe you're hearing this word this morning and you've been maybe a little legalistic in your thinking. Maybe you have been about the do's and the don'ts. And, and, and it's been focused on that, but you have not focused on Christ. And he has convicted you this morning. And it, this, you just raise your hand to the Lord. We're not going to have you come up. But, but this is an act of surrender to God because God knows your heart. And, and God wants to touch you this morning. He wants to heal you. He, he, he just wants you to remember. By raising your hand, you're saying, Father, I've been that way a little bit, but I'm changing. I'm, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm coming back to the reality. It's all about your grace. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Is there another? Is that another? Lord, I just, want to, I just want to get it right. It's not about nothing else but you. That's two. I see that hand. I see that third hand. It's about him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Is that another? Those who raise your hand, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your tender mercies. Thank you for loving me, choosing me before the foundations of the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are my righteousness. You are my peace. You are my joy. I love you. Use me. Make me a vessel of honor for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Give God a praise. Come on, give him a praise for his grace. Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you, God, for your grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Now, now can, before you, you shut the computer down already.
You shut it down. Can you go to that Jude 124? We're going to do something a little different this morning. Amen. Now, I want all of us to read that nice and loud. Amen. Are we ready? And that's how we're going to close this service. One, two, three, go. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Come on. To him be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, give God praise. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.